Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast by asweatlife.com on which we talk to high achievers about their goals. I'm Gina Anderson-Cohen. With me, I have Kristen Guile and Cindy Kuzma. Good morning, Gina. Hi, Gina. Good morning. And Cindy, this week, you did the podcast live recorded from the Moxie Hotel. I did. So again, you might hear a little bit of background noise. It was a really exciting evening at the Moxie Hotel, but I spoke with Chef Josh Cat of Kitchfix. And Chef Josh Cat of Kitchfix has been evolving the way that he sets goals over the years. Wouldn't you say that's right? Absolutely. I mean, he is one of the few guests that we have who has come on and said, yeah, I don't really set goals. Um, that's not really my thing, or that hasn't been my thing. Yet he's managed to build an pretty successful business despite not having really intentionally set out with a goal to do so. He works really hard. He has these sort of guiding principles and passions that he's followed and the opportunities have found him. But now that he has kind of stepped away from the chef role and into the CEO role, he's definitely thinking that he needs to focus a little bit more on goals. He's using terms like BHAG and 10X and things that we hear entrepreneurs and CEOs talk about when they talk about goals. So I think he has recognized that the way he has done things in the past worked to get him to a certain point. And now that he's responsible for a big company and lots of people he's he's adjusting his approach to goals and exploring how these new options might work for him and one thing we know about kitsch fix from working with them and sampling everything on their menu for so many years is that they really care about their customer and that being transparent about what food they're serving you what ingredients they're using where they're sourcing things from so we know that they care about the forward-facing aspect of the company, but Josh spoke a little bit to how he also makes sure his back-of-house staff and employees are taken care of as well. Yeah, I thought that was a really interesting and compelling I mean, one of the reasons, honestly, he started the company in the first place was he found restaurant life to be a lot harder than he had anticipated. There's late nights, there's low pay, there's no benefits. It's a lifestyle that can be really hard on people. And in addition to building a business that serves healthy food to people who have had cancer, people who are sick, anyone who wants an anti-inflammatory, paleo, Whole30 compliant diet, he's also really focused on making life better in all aspects for those workers. So, you know, he wants to hire people who maybe don't have a good chance to get a job somewhere else. He wants to give them regular hours and pay and benefits and just create opportunity in the restaurant and and catering and food service world that makes life a little bit better and a little bit different. It's almost like the antithesis of the gig economy right now, which is really kind of refreshing because you have a lot of workers who are not being treated well. But so it's really great to see a company starting from the beginning with that passion and that responsibility to, to workers as well as customers. And we know and love Josh Cat and have had his food over the years and have seen the company grow. So we can't wait to hear this interview with you, Cindy. And stick around, listener, for the end of the episode where you'll hear from real life goal getters and what they're achieving out there in the real world today. Yeah, I said I'll be on a road. I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal. So don't be upset. And I am Cindy Kuzma, and I'm here with Josh Cat, who is Chef Josh and the CEO of Kitchfix. Josh, thank you so much for being yeah. with us today on We Got Goals. Thank you for having me. Love being here. This is great. So for those of our audience here at the Moxie and also our listeners at home who don't know Kitch Fix, tell us a little bit about what it is. Sure. Kitch Fix, I started it as a meal delivery service. So we serve fully prepared, paleo, Whole30 meals. You don't have to um, prep or anything. You just throw them in your microwave or oven. We deliver those all over Chicago. We have about 55 items on our menu every week. 
We also sell some granola, all paleo. We sell paleo waffles, paleo granola bars, and those are available in Whole Foods and Sprouts around the country. And then we do catering as well. So we got a bunch of things going on. Really, everything's founded on a healthy food philosophy and sourcing philosophy. Mm-hmm. You do have a lot going on these days at Kitchfix, and I know you've had quite a career path from from chef to CEO. Did you think back in 2006 when you moved here to Chicago that this is where you'd be sitting today with all of this happening? Yeah, I, I, I know I came to Chicago really to focus on cooking. I really wanted to learn from some of the best chefs in Chicago. We have an amazing talent pool here of chefs. So after culinary school, I'm from originally from Michigan, came down to Chicago to work in a fine dining restaurant where the chef had experience working at the French Laundry and just decided that I wanted to like commit my life to learning all about fine cuisine and all the techniques involved in that. And actually pretty quickly in that experience here in Chicago, I realized that wasn't the life for me. And I started looking around in different parts of the food world for something that I had a little bit more work-life balance. I didn't love the idea of spending my whole life working 10 a.m. to 2 a.m. every day and falling asleep on the train and all that sort of thing that the guys around me were doing because it was such a hard life. So started exploring other things and ended up in tons of different food uh, businesses throughout Chicago. It was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. And I know the genesis of Kitch Fix came out of some an experience you had as a yeah. personal chef, right? Yeah, yeah. So I decided to explore catering and sort of like retail outlets that serve prepared foods. I ended up partnering with a nonprofit, working with them called Common Threads and teaching kids how to like prepare healthy food from different countries throughout the world. And it was like an after school program, so I would go and entertain these, you know, twelve year old kids get them to eat pad thai or peanut soup, all these really kind of cool dishes. And really it was like the food was great that we were making and it was a blast. And during that time, someone needed a personal chef, someone that was involved in the nonprofit actually. And so I was like, yeah, I got some spare time. I'd love to, I'd love to do that. And she said, okay, I'm recovering from cancer. And you know, can you make the anti-inflammatory diet for me? Can you learn about it? And so started exploring that and really took to the idea that food is very powerful. It can be functional. It's not all about just, you know, consumption. It can it can heal your body and and really realize that my background in farm to table sort of cuisine really lent itself well to that style of cooking and and so started making her food and you know, my my heart and soul was in it and she loved it and loved all the food I was doing and ended up telling all of her friends and Soon I was going like house to house to house to house, and one day I was like, you know, I should get my own kitchen and start doing deliveries. And that's that's really like the genesis of of Kitch Fix was, you know, that whole process. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. So how do you yeah. go about that? I mean, obviously you knew a lot about food, and you were already teaching these children about like some yeah. healthy, delicious yeah, things. Yeah. But the anti-inflammatory diet is like a whole other yeah. kind of ball game. How did you educate yourself? I've been reading a lot of books. Anti-cancer. Dr. Wheel is another author. He's actually one of the founders of True Food Kitchen. So at the time, uh, there's only one of those uh, restaurants. Now there's you know probably 15. And so yeah, I mean really. Back then, there wasn't a lot of, there wasn't really, I don't think protein bar was around. There was just mm-hmm. nothing. And so today it's pretty commonplace. We probably all drink a 
something with turmeric in it, you mm-hmm. know, at least once or twice a week. And you know, like that just wasn't there then. And so, you know, I had a, a big opportunity and got to kind of ride the wave of health and nutrition early on. Yeah, yeah, it definitely yeah. Uh, seemed ahead of the curve there. Yeah. So this kind of leads into it. You know, we've talked about all this long way you've come in this amazing yeah. company you've built. But uh, Josh, if you had to answer our big question, which you do because you're yeah. on We Got Goals. Oh, wait, what is this called? Uh, <laughs> our big question, our first big question on We Got Goals is yeah. what is a big goal you've achieved? Why was it important to you? And how did you get there? So how would you answer that? I was thinking about this question prior to coming on here. And I realize that I just am not a big goal guy. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't really operate like that and I and I don't necessarily think it's a good thing but personally and kind of how I've gotten to this point is just I'm all about passion and belief and really about getting excited about doing things that are good and good for people and so personally I think now as I move out of chef and sort of you know this art more artistic side and getting more into the CEO role which I'm and now it's goals are a little bit more important. So I'm learning how to apply that focus that I think a goal gives you to my life mm-hmm. and the business that I'm running. So I actually couldn't, can't really think of a big goal that I've really like strived for and checked off my list, but it's something that I'm certainly looking to embrace in the future. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I'll be interested to hear how you're going about yeah. that. But but let's talk about then that passion yeah. and that belief. So sure. obviously, if you built this great company without necessarily setting out <laughs> to do it, where did you feel that passion and that and that belief? And how did you kind of know that, hey, this is something bigger than just this one person or just these few people that I'm cooking for? Starting out uh, cooking for people in their homes and seeing that people were willing to pay me I think at the time I, I just needed to charge, you know, $40 for a meal, which is outrageous, right? So seeing that people would pay for that, I was able to sort of leverage those clients of mine. And eventually I was like, okay, if I got a kitchen, I could charge them less. They could eat my food more consistently. And that was sort of like, it was almost like early on, I needed to do it just to like survive. I needed to make money. And so, you know, it's like, how am I going to make more money? How am I going to make my paycheck? I don't want to go work in a restaurant. I love cooking. I love having flexibility. So what do I need to do to make that happen? And I always, was kind of growing up, always thought outside of the box and never really wanted to be a, um, never really wanted the corporate life, I, I guess. So it made sense to me to just kind of do my own thing. And, and that's ended up getting my own kitchen and and so forth. And then it was all of a sudden I had my own kitchen and it was like, oh man, I need to pay rent now. <laughs> <laughs> Crap. How do I find more customers? And so again, early on, it was like this, everything, like I needed to do these things. And, but it was all founded on a passion for making really good food. And, and not only just, I mean, this, this is like where the chef part comes out and the artist, I suppose. So it's not about just good food, it's about good service. It's about positive energy in everything that you're doing. And you can make good food, but just throw it on somebody's table and walk away or forget to follow up on something. And and that's that's part of the whole experience, right? So I've always been passionate about start to finish of the whole eating process, I guess, the Mm -hmm. feeding window. I could go on and on about it. So it's just being passionate about every single step and yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So it sounds like, I mean, again, part of what you're saying is each step in your company's evolution was sort of driven by 
financial yeah, <laughs> incentive first, at first, sure, yeah. but but in a way, okay, well, how can you make this work financially in a yeah. way that also upholds those values and yeah. beliefs and passions that you had? That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's been that's been something that has kept us set apart from others too. Is that we had a really high standard for the sourcing of our ingredients, the limited use of things that are inflammatory or sort of not, you know, just things that can be shortcuts Mm -hmm. in some kitchens. And I think as I've evolved over the last few years, you know, it's tough to really say like all of these foods are bad and kitchen fixes didn't use them because they're awful. Because that's not always the case, and we didn't use oats for a long time. And oats are great. A lot of things that we do are paleo, and so you don't really put oats in those things. But I just think, you know, everything in moderation is is really what it's all about. But still, I think there's so much, like in our lives, there's a lot of opportunities for excess, and there's a lot of opportunities to eat things that are bad. And so the thing I love about Kitch Fix is we provide like a really healthy, you don't have to think about it, solution for your life mm-hmm. that is like primo healthy, really does something for you. So you don't have to, you know, you can go eat pizza on the weekend and you can enjoy yourself and know that you're kind of going back to like a really healthy, clean lifestyle, you know, Sunday through Tuesday or Wednesday mm-hmm. yeah, Thursday. That- constant (laughs) right (laughs) so that's interesting that you mentioned that about the oats because I was curious how you keep tabs on the nutrition research and the science and how your sort of nutritional philosophy at Kitch Fix evolves or if it does we don't really for our meal delivery service and for these products we're selling to you know Whole Foods and Sprouts like we've kind of taken a stance of paleo Mm -hmm. and in a sense you know we do some grains on our prepared foods menu so we'll we'll do you know, like local and organic brown rice and quinoa will do it's really as far as we go in terms of the grain realm but we could serve like cheese is okay i think for some people i think there's things that are fine for people but i think sort of what we go back to at kitchen fix is like do we really need to include it or can we just make good food without it and why not fill your body with clean delicious vegetables and high quality proteins and good oils and herbs and spices that's fine we don't need to be everything to everyone you can get all that stuff you can get cheese and bread and good other grains elsewhere just this is what we are so that's kind of how we stay grounded i think the one thing i would change is having corn like in our like fresh corn mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the one thing i'm like man if i if I'm ever going to change one thing about our meal delivery, is some good summer corn. Uh, yeah, there's something <laughs> but special. We're like corn for, yeah, yeah. yeah we're in, so. Well, talk to me, Josh, a little bit about Whole30, because I think that that's, it seems like that that's been a pretty important part of the development of Hitch Fix. So how did that relationship come about? And I guess maybe we can start by explaining to people who don't know what Whole30 is a little bit about it, but how did that relationship come about and what role has that played? Sure. So Whole30, if you're not familiar, it's really like an amped up paleo diet. It's no grains, no gluten, no dairy, no soy, no corn, no added sweeteners whatsoever. And then They really take it a step further and really challenge you to eliminate things that you kind of use as a crutch. So if you were to find a donut, for example, that had Whole30 compliant ingredients, they would advise you do not eat that Mm -hmm. because it's similar. It's very similar. And you you can make a donut taste really sweet and delicious without sugar. You can use apple juice concentrate or things like that. So 
really Melissa, the founder, is big on stop. It's really like about food freedom and getting away from things that you're binging on. So that's Whole30 and I met Melissa at an event we were doing. We did Whole30 appetizers for her. She was speaking and we went out to dinner with a couple others and really just, I had heard about it. I had done research. People had asked us about it and hadn't really considered going out full force with Whole30 in terms of changing our menu. But just after talking with her and hearing her passion and seeing the influence that she had, it just made sense for us to really start to provide that because I think it's a resource for people who don't cook, don't have time, but want to change their life, their dependency on certain foods, that it was like an, a cool solution that we could provide for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did that make a big difference in your business too in terms of yeah. calling it, attention to it? Yeah, no, it's been great. They're a fantastic partner. Mm-hmm. They really care and they're really... I think with power, which I think Melissa and the brand has, comes a lot of responsibility and I believe that they handle that pretty well. So it's been cool to be a part of that. And yeah, it's been good It's been good for us. But I think, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been really cool to see people respond and be able to come to us for that solution in their life, which wasn't totally available before from our menu. Yeah, so I am curious. Do you have like stories of people who have had transformations among your clientele that kind of inspire you to to keep moving. Sure. Yeah, we we have stories. Yeah, we get testimonials quite a bit from people who are coming to us for Whole30 diets. I mean, people come to us for all sorts of solutions in their life, for people who are going through an illness that need to eat really healthy or people who want to lose weight. We had one customer who was given a gift card by about 20 or 30 people, and they ended up giving her like thousands of dollars she was going through chemo just to, so she could have healthy, good food. We had another family who provided food for their, I think it was their dad. And because we could provide him food regularly, he was able to not go into assisted living right away. You know, he was able to kind of stay out. And, and I think one of the coolest things about running your own business is as you grow, you get to like, because now I'm like a little removed from like day to day, right? But I get to see these cool things that my team is doing for people, right? So like they're providing this thing that I created five years ago is now doing those things for people that, and is people are using it for good. And I'm not, you know, really partaking in the actual cooking, you know, as much as I used to. So I don't know, it's pretty, pretty cool feeling. And yeah, that's that's incredible. Oh my gosh, what what incredible stories. And <laughs> yeah. also what a great idea for like someone to who knows someone who's going through something yeah. like this to yeah. to do something like that for them. But yeah, let's talk about that a little bit more because as you mentioned, you're not uh, cooking yeah. as much day to day and yeah. you you talked about kind of the challenges in, in transitioning and learning more of the business mm-hmm. side and the goal side. So what are some of the ways that you're doing that? Naturally, when we when I first started the company, I started to separate myself from the kitchen. I can't I don't know why, it just felt natural in, a, in some ways. I think cooking is so, it's very, it's a riot, but it's also a lot of hard, hard work. And I knew that in order for me to grow the business, I needed to use my brain in a different way. And so I knew that I needed, I could communicate well my passion to others, and then I could go out and try to you know grow the business. And so that's kind of what I started doing pretty early on, but. I'm still involved regularly with the whole food process, you know, meeting with our chefs, talking about menu items and 
what what is you know the late what are the latest trends what can we do to improve certain parts of the of the operation and honestly like our meal delivery service is basically run by our amazing staff like they they can do every part they're brilliant people they come up with amazing food and I and I really can kind of step back and work on other parts of the business so we have catering that we're doing and kind of building this unique offering of really healthy food that we serve to sports teams we serve to backstage for artists and that's a whole different world it's not necessarily kitsch fix per se all the time but it's it's still very passion driven and all about health and wellness and really good service. So like I kind of am starting all these little businesses within Kitch Fix, which is pretty fun. Yeah. So how do you how does that scale? Like how do you make sure that commitment to service at every step along yeah. the way is a part of all of these businesses when you can't obviously be hands on in every single aspect? I mean that's part of my growth is really establishing some systems and structure for the team to say to them, hey, these are the things that I really want to see on a regular basis, and this is part of your job. So that doing things like that, communicating the vision, communicating the passion that we're talking about is important. Hiring the right people is important. We do food service a lot differently than the average restaurant. You know, kind of my experience in the restaurant world early on was that really like sold out life or working the line and grinding it out, no time for a family, it's all about the food. I didn't really like that. I felt like this is there's like opportunity for something different and you know, there's like people getting paid. You know, I think when I moved to Chicago, I got paid like 80 bucks a day for like 16 mm. hours. It's like, that's acceptable because you're learning from a great chef and you know, maybe someday you'll make it, but like so many people like burn out or get become drug addicts or alcoholics. It's like rough life. So at Kitchbix, I always said, I don't want to work at night, really, right? I want to have most of my nights free, which sometimes is the case. I want to try to do things differently. I want to pay my workers well. I want to give them sick leave. I want to I want to just take care of them and because they're the ones that are doing the work. And as an owner and CEO, they have, yes, my job is hard and it's burdensome. And when an employee steals, they steal directly from me. If an employee gets hurt, I pay for it. So I'm ultimately responsible, but at the end of the day, like I want to take care of them and treat them really well. And so that's something that I think is pretty cool about Kitch Fix Food Service is that we're all about that. We treat our kitchen staff very well and take care of them. And they have, I think, really good lives. And I, I can't wait to keep improving that for people, with for my team, yeah. That's really cool. So that your motivation is not only the people that you're serving, but the people who are yeah. who are working for you and making their lives better. I know you too. You hire people too who yeah. through programs that kind of give people a second chance who might not otherwise be able to get a job. And I was wondering kind of where that came from. And now it's a little bit. It's clearer to me where yeah. some of that passion comes from. But can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. When I moved to Chicago. You know, I kind of saw the disparity throughout the city and, you know, traveling from the west side to the east side or south side up here and just seeing homeless people all, all on the street. And I just never really had that exposure in a small beach town in Michigan. That kind of like shook me pretty hard when I first moved here. And I just knew that, I mean, I didn't know I was going to start something, but I knew that I always wanted to kind of give back. That was sort of why I got involved in the nonprofit and knew that I could offer food always seemed like an 
amazing opportunity to get people involved and teach them a skill that maybe they could grow into something really great someday. So at Kitchen Fix, we reserve a few of our spots in the kitchen. Well, actually, really early on when we first started, we partnered with the church. That was our first kitchen. And I made an agreement with them that we would hire people from like second chance programs to help me with in, in the kitchen. And so like my first two hires were people, these two women from the CARA program who had no food experience and they were helping me in the kitchen and I was training them and it, and then uh, my business took off. And huh. I was like, wow, I need someone really to help me, <laughs> like some real mm -hmm. chefs in here. And so the vision sort of changed at first. And then a year and a half later, I maybe mean, had seven people working and, um, and these two ladies were still there with me. I took everyone into this room. We had gotten this opportunity to help out with a sports team. And I was like, hey guys, we have this sweet opportunity. I'm so excited to share with you to be, that you can be a part of it. And you, know, you just had to take a background check. And like everyone in that room was like, yeah, I, you know, I can't, I, mm -hmm. I wouldn't pass. And so like, it was that kind of at that point that I realized a lot of my team is really even though I might not have found them from Kara or Growing Home, or we just started working with like refugee, someone that like basically help works with refugees and now they're placing them in, in, in jobs. A lot of my, the staff that we were hiring was already having issues finding work, right? So like I had an, already a source of people that I could really take care of and mold and not take advantage of. And so I realized that I was already doing that even, even though I wasn't like purposely hiring from Kara for all of my employees. So overall, I think that's, and now we have a, like our system is for, for prep and things like that in our kitchen, like Thursdays and Fridays are, we get in like all of our sweet potatoes and this cauliflower, like all of these, like these vegetables that we're using hundreds of pounds of, and you have to peel all those things. And it's like very basic work. And so we have those positions reserved for, you know, like entry-level positions for people that do need the practice of showing up for work on time, standing up all day. Those are things that not everyone does. Mm -hmm. And, you know, honestly, it's hard for anyone that doesn't do that, right? I mean, like, if you had to stand up all day and, like, peel a potato, it would not be fun. You'd be like, I'm losing my mind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it does take, take practice. So we give those opportunities. We've had some really cool stories as of late, and we're excited to kind of keep growing that part of our business. And you have something like 60 total employees Yeah, now? 60, yeah, it's over, yeah. yeah. Seems like less, but our um, like VP of finance keeps telling me it's more, so <laughs> I guess we have more, yeah. So again, yeah. You've, you've done all this growing, you've, you've taken care of both the people that you're, you're serving food to and the people yeah. who are serving the food and the people who are preparing the food. And you've done this all without setting intentional goals, many of them. <laughs> so, so you've said now that you're, you're thinking more along these lines of goals. So that brings us to the next yeah. big question on We Got Goals. Do you have a goal for the future and yeah. how might you plan to get there? Sure, great question. I think, you know, I, I kind of have, certainly have some strategy that we've developed for how we plan to approach the next five years. But I think, so like one of those goals is we want to be in 3000 stores with all of our products that we have out. So we have paleo granola bar, we have paleo frozen waffles and paleo granola that we sell in Whole Foods. We're in about, with each of those, about 350, 400 stores now. So seeing 10x growth, at least in the next four years with each of those products. 
And then I think another one that's kind of like my big, hairy, audacious goal is to like take over all of the food service at like a stadium. <laughs> I know that's not very, it's not very kitsch fixy in terms of what you know about our brand, but we've done some work in that space, more so in the realm that we are making healthy, really delicious food, but there's like a monopoly on stadiums for food service. It's run by like two or three companies, and I think there's some opportunity to do it differently. And so my 10-year goal is to like, you know, run a stadium. Mm. But Do you have a specific know. one in mind? Or? No. <laughs> Not that I can say on this radio. Gotcha, gotcha. That's maybe the next edition. Like we'll check back in with you. Well, I gotta tell you, Josh, 10x. You're already talking more like a CEO. That's the language we hear from. That's right. I'm curious too. I mean, we've talked some about how your personal passions have tied into this goal, to your goals, into your business. But I'm curious how your own way of cooking and eating personally has changed through all of this this journey too. Yeah, I think again, like I kind of started all about passion, all about what's currently driving me, What's what am I currently reading about, what kind of is making sense, what are people talking about, is like always really what I was intrigued in. I'm, I was thinking about this question earlier, like, okay, like six or seven years ago, how did I eat? I just don't really, I don't think I really thought that much about food in terms of how does it relate to my body. It was more like, what sounds good? I want to try to put these flavors together or... It was more about the passion for the technique of something. So, you know, making risotto or making fresh pasta or searing uh, duck breast perfectly or those types of things. Now, I think I went through starting your own company like is so hard. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I also got married and I also had a kid. So like each of those was like 15 pounds, right? (laughs) (laughs) Of like stress and, uh, you know, eating. And, you know, so like I definitely had, like I stopped thinking about food. I used it like, okay, what sounds good to me right now? And that's just being vulnerable. Like that wasn't great. But and even being a part running a healthy food company, you know, I think that was, you know, it was almost embarrassing. But I think lately and, you know, I have really changed and like really been focusing more like, honestly, like don't need to eat that much, mm. which is don't take don't listen to me when I say that. Yes, you need to eat all of our products all the time. <laughs> it's not but a business like, strategy. It's a health strategy. Actually, right. so, someone was, I was talking with someone. I was like, yeah, I'm trying to lose some weight. I'm trying to like get back to the gym. You know, what is, what's your strategy? And he's like, I go to buy, I like do this diet. It's called don't put it in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, don't put it in your mouth. Just, if you see food, just don't put it in your mouth. I'm like, it's a great strategy. Because I would like walk through the kitchen and be like, oh, I'm going to try that. Oh, I need to taste this. Oh, I need to do that. And, you know, and so, so yeah, I think there's been some like unhealthy things with food, but I, but now it's like, in terms of cooking at home, like I am around food all day, you know, I'm tasting things, I'm seeing things, I'm thinking about food and working hard. You know, it's like when you get, and I'm sure most people are like this. This is why the Kitsch Fix exists is when you get home, like you don't want to like spend an hour and a half making food. So my wife and I, we do Kitsch Fix Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, typically. And then I'll get, you know, I have like chicken breasts and beef or steaks. And I just like throw them on the grill. I'll throw like broccoli and onions and butter and like a foil thing, throw it on the grill. I'm all about like really quick, super easy, really laid back. I try not to think too much about food. Cause I think, I mean, I think there's a time and place for that, but it can be, overdo it I think 
So, Josh, if you had, you know, if you're thinking we may have other listeners out there who have kind of a belief and a passion who want to turn it into something bigger, you know, you've you've talked about your your journey as, yeah. as an entrepreneur. Is there one or two pieces of advice that you'd give people who maybe are in a position like you were a few years ago and, yeah. and are thinking about how to make this happen for them? Sure. So one of my favorite mugs that we have in our office is a Nike swoosh. Mm-hmm. And you know this the slogan, right? Just mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. Heard that one. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I love that mug because that just pumps me up every day. I'm like, just do it. And so if you have an idea, if you are passionate about something, like go for it. Don't think about it too much. I may be on one end of the spectrum of like not thinking first or fo- <laughs> setting a goal and just going for it you know there's room for certainly room for goals and thought but a lot of people get hung up on that stage right like it's too cerebral and they're not just doing it so i would say just like take a chance go for it like you'll regret it later if you don't um well josh i can't thank you enough for joining us today on we got goals and for sharing all your wisdom um before i let you uh out of this awesome audio booth here at the moxie tell us how our listeners here in Chicago can find Kitch Fix in real life and how um, people everywhere can yeah. hear about what's going on next with the business. Sure, kitchfix.com is a great place to start. Uh, we have, if you're a new customer, you get $20 off your first order. We deliver all over Chicago. We have tons of options every week you can choose from. I love starting, you know, my, like I mentioned earlier, my wife and I eat Kitch Fix two or three nights a week. And that gives you a little bit of flexibility if you happen to need, you know, if you're meeting a friend one night and you need to skip a night, you just eat it the next day or take it for lunch. So start with two days and build from there. You can find our products in Whole Foods if you're in Chicago, all over the place. And, and anywhere in the Midwest, we have our frozen waffles and granola. We're in Sprouts with our frozen waffles, which is all in the southern half of the United States. And our granola is on Amazon and our granola bars are on Amazon as well. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Chef Josh, for joining us. Really appreciate you being here on At The Moxie on We Got Goals. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been a blast. Yeah, I said I'll be on the road. I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal. So don't be upset when I'm not... Hey, goal-getters. Producer and co-host Cindy Kuzma here. And as promised, we are ending this episode with a real-life goal from a listener just like you. If you're in Chicago and attending the Sweat Working Week Fitness Festival this weekend, you'll have a chance to share your own goals with us in a mini live audio booth we're going to have set up there. And if you can't make it this weekend, that's Saturday, June 9th, by the way, or you're not here in Chicago, or you're listening later, don't fret because we are soon going to have a whole bunch of new ways for you to participate in the We Got Goals podcast and be a part of the goal-getting community here at sweatlife.com. So here is our first real-life goal-getter, recorded during our first live podcast session at the Hotel Moxie. Yeah, I said I'll be on the road. I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal. So don't be upset when I'm not a- So I'm here with Cindy from Chicago, not to be confused with our very own Cindy Kuzma. Uh, Cindy from Chicago, uh, would you tell me about a big goal you've accomplished mm-hmm. or a big goal you're striving to accomplish? I will tell you about a goal that I accomplished. It was a long time ago, which is strange to be talking about, but it was so instructive in how I've led my life since then. So I was a senior in high school, and I needed to increase my SAT scores. (laughs) And I did it all on my own. And so I gave myself three weeks 
And it was the one time in my life where I was singularly focused on the success and the activation of this goal. And every day I came home and I took an SAT, SAT, excuse me, and I studied. And I ended up raising my score. I don't even know how much it was at this point, but it was so significant that I do think it made a difference in the trajectory of my life because I got into a good college. Well, it, it's what brought me to Chicago. It's where I met my husband. It's where I started my life. And I do think it was because I worked so hard on that one goal. It was also the one time in my life that I didn't have anything else going on. I am someone who juggles work and life like everybody does, my family, my children. And so I always have about nine balls in the air. And this was the one time that I had one ball in the air and it worked. And so I always try and keep that in mind when I'm taking on more projects or when I'm deciding to do something with my kids, am I adding something which is going to be to my detriment because I go back to that experience and it reminds me of the importance of focus and what can happen if you really apply yourself. So I'm curious yes. uh, to know sort of where you got the idea that you could, by yourself, raise your own SAT score, where you sort of decided, I can do it myself, it's within me. That's a good question. Uh, a lot of it had to do actually with um, financial restraints because I didn't have the cash to take an SAT course um, and my parents didn't. And I think the timing wasn't good either because I had another um, test coming up and I, there wasn't going to be enough time for me to actually go and sign up for a class. And then I felt confident because I was a good student. And whenever I did study and really apply myself, whenever I was really interested in an academic situation, I succeeded. And so I drew on that to feel confident. And so here you are today, killing it. Thank you. Uh, so Cindy from Chicago, thank you for sharing your goals. Is there anything else that you want to tell us about yourself, your goal, your business, your, your life? I would say my goal is to try and streamline and be focused because I do have a lot going on. I have three children. I have a husband. I have a cat, I have a house, I have a job. Um, I, I have a lot of responsibility and probably no different than anybody else in terms of the worries and dreams that I have, but I do wanna try and, and be a little bit more focused and streamlined so that um, I can replicate the success that I had earlier. Learning from high school, learning from the SAT. I mean, right, it was a long time ago, but it really stayed with me. Thank you, Cindy from You're Chicago. Welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, I'll sit, I'll be on the road. I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal. So don't be upset when I'm not This podcast is produced by me, Cindy Kuzma, and it's another thing that's better with friends. So please share it with yours. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And hey, if you could please leave us a rating or a review while you're there, we'd be so grateful. Special thanks to Jay Mano for our theme music. To our guest this week, Josh Cat to Hotel Moxie for hosting us, and of course, to you, the listeners. <laughs>